What's up, guys? Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. This is a solo episode with me, Chad. I don't know what we should call these things. Comms check. Uh, lessons from the old bull. I, I, whatever you guys want to call it. We do these every now and then when uh, I'm the only one in the studio. And maybe I got something on my mind. What's on my mind today? I want to talk about three things that the SEAL teams exposed me to. And how that prepared my heart to be who I am today. And I'm wondering if you guys can relate to it or if you've lived a life that has insulated you from these three things. And if you have, that's okay. That's a blessing. Just want you to understand they are a reality. So the three things, and these are probably, this is probably the most impactful thing that was produced from my career in the SEAL teams is the exposure to these three things and how it prepared my heart. The first one is death. Being in the SEAL teams brought the reality of death front and center. Not only your own mortality, but the mortality of your teammates and also other people. You, in, in a third world country, you see death. It's a regular thing. It's it's you, You're not insulated from it. If you're there in the military, you obviously see it. If you're just there living there as a citizen, you see it. In America, uh, depending on what your situation is, you may be insulated from it. But you couldn't hide from it as a SEAL deploying around the world and also training and attending memorials and all that stuff, front and center, man. And I realized pretty quickly that death is ugly and there's nothing that I can do to prevent it or stop it. Nothing at all. Can you guys relate to that? I'm sure a lot of you can. There may be some listening that are blessed financially and materially uh, and, and are successful in quotation marks in the world's eyes and maybe you're maybe you're insulated from it or maybe you're so afraid of it that you choose to ignore the reality of death well what a blessing it is ultimately to see death uh, in a real way all around you and on a regular occurrence. I don't think that there was a year that went by in the teams that I didn't attend at least one memorial for a teammate in the SEAL teams, whether they, whether they were killed in training or in combat. Most years, some years, Seems like you were going to a memorial every other month. It was just, that was the reality of it. And that was the first thing. Big problem, man. Big problem. Death is ugly. Nothing fun about it. Nothing we can do to stop it. Big problem. The second thing I was exposed to was wickedness or sin. 
<clears throat> now, if you if you don't have <laughs> if you don't have a if you don't have something in your life that provides a standard for you of what is right or wrong, good and bad, if you don't have that for me, the document is the Bible. If you don't have something in your life, outside of your life, that dictates to you what is right and wrong, we can't really go any further with this conversation. We won't reach any conclusions. Because without something like the Bible, for me, it is the Bible. Without that standard that is written, that is time-tested, that is proven to work, that is true, without that existing, Without us agreeing upon that, 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 that standard, there is no truth. Truth becomes relative, and what is good and bad becomes relative. It's like the conversation I had with Evan Hafer on Free Range American, pod, his podcast, uh, over a year ago. You can't play God. You, you can't say that. You, you, you have, well, we can draw no conclusions if you sit here and say that recreational drug, drug use in culture is acceptable but we draw the line at pedophilia. Uh, who, who are you to draw the line? Without that standard, outside of yourself, you understand that we can have no conversation and uh, reaching any conclusions about what is right and wrong. But, uh, you know, there, there are, I think that we all have a conscience, and even before we accept the reality of... Um, God's kingdom law and the precepts of the Bible and what it identifies as right and wrong. Before we accept that, I think we have a general feeling in our heart of, hey, maybe maybe it's not right to be doing this. Maybe I'm doing things that are detrimental to myself or to the others around me. And so we would call that sin, right? And I saw that sin in myself and also in other people all over the world, and also in my, in my teammates, everyone around me. I saw that there existed something in people that caused them to do things that hurt themselves or hurt others, right? It was front and center, even in my own life. And I thought, man, how, how can I? I can't be good. And you might be saying, well, I can be good. I, I'm generally a good person. I try to do what's right. I don't bother anybody. Well, I, I want to tell you, you, you're not good. Have you ever been frustrated with someone? Have you ever been angry at someone? Have you ever lost your temper? Have you ever been frustrated with culture, your government? Have you? If you have, you are not completely good. Right? Now, we could do a whole podcast on what that is. But there are so many things, not even the, 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 the blatant, flagrant things that are not good and categorized as sin, but the simple things that we miss the mark on. And so I came to this realization, and in Scripture later told me, uh, in Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There's not one that understands. 
There's none that seeketh, seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They've together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. And you say, man, what the crud? How's the Bible say that, man? It's true. That was front and center. It became evident to me that although I might want to be good and do what is right, I would always miss the mark. The third thing that was front and center to me was evil. The existence of evil on earth. A force that opposed good. A force that wanted to impose its will on humanity in order to destroy the construct of us as humanity, right? An evil force that worked its way into people. I was exposed to an opposing force that was anti-good all over the world. It was actually part of my job sometimes to oppose that force and try to fight against and push back that existence of evil in places around the world. Again, we can't agree upon we can't draw any conclusions on this unless you unless you have a clear understanding of what is right and wrong and good and evil. Not only a clear understanding, but we 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 must agree upon those things. We must have something that lists that out for us. But generally, if you have a conscience still intact, some people don't, but if you have a conscience still intact, you should have something in you saying that, man, that's just not right. Now, that's evil. So there's an opposing force that's in play in this, in our reality that is anti-good. I was exposed to that. So these are the three problems that became front and center in my life throughout my career as a SEAL. I think more so as a SEAL, Doing that job, those three problems were more evident, were more clear to me than if I would have just stayed home and lived a normal American lifestyle here in this country. So, because I was exposed to these three things, it became a problem for me in a sense that I knew that these three issues existed in humanity and again I can't I I I I was like it was definitive that there was nothing I or anyone else could do to eliminate them from this reality death sin and evil we can fight against them all we want We can try to promote the good all we want, but we will never completely vanquish them from this reality here on earth. And that began to grieve my heart. That began to grieve my heart. I actually found myself in a a situation where I was faced with an evil force that I could not combat 
with carnal weapons. And I became helpless. I realized I was helpless. And that prepared my heart to receive and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who Christ said he is. And also, why did I even need him? Why did I even need Jesus? Why did I need a savior? What are you even talking about, man? Well, I needed him for three reasons that were very evident. Because I was going to die just like everyone else I saw that died around me. That was going to happen at some point. Likewise, you're going to die too. I didn't want to die. Right? Well, one of the things that Jesus did was he defeated death. Literally, literally on earth, he defeated death. He solved this massive problem that we have as humanity. He rose again. I think there is significant evidence. If you don't just want to if you just don't if you don't just want to believe that Jesus Christ the historicity of Jesus is almost I would say undeniable. And if you don't want to believe that he actually was crucified and rose from the dead, you need to consider what happened after he rose, after he after his disciples claimed he rose. There is significant evidence pointing you to that as a fact. He defeated death. Jesus tells us in redneck terms that your first birth when you come onto this earth and you were you were born of your mother, that got you onto the earth. But your second birth, your death, your burial, your resurrection in baptism, in accepting him, that second birth gets you off the earth. It defeats death. You get to share with him in that victory over death you receive eternal life. So when I heard that Jesus defeated death, I said, man, I got to look into this guy. And then I realized not only he did he defeat death, but he defeated the wickedness and the sin that is in me, that he actually provided a blood offering, a sacrifice his, of, his, of himself that he bore the burden of the wickedness that is within me. He bore that in and of himself, and he killed it. He crucified it. Now, why did I, why did I even... Why do I need to be forgiven of those sins? Because we were created by a totally righteous and perfect creator that cannot tolerate the wickedness 
that is within us in his presence. We had to have something that covers that. We also had an accuser. That accuser's name is Satan. He is the source of that evil that I was just telling you about that exists on earth. He is the source and the propagator of that evil on earth. He is and was accusing us until God, our creator, decided to provide the sacrifice and pay the payment that we owe. Once he did that, there were no longer any accusations that could be brought against us. He reconciled. See, God reconciled us to himself by paying the price for the wickedness that is in us. See, Satan convinced, convinced us, humanity, to participate in the same sin in which he got banished from the presence of God for, right? He wanted to be like God. He wanted to determine what was right and what was wrong. And when he met humanity here on earth, he convinced us to do the same. You can be like God. You can decide what is right and what is wrong. You can make the rules, right? And we took the bait, man. And that's when that sin and wickedness entered into our heart. And there's no, there was no fixing that. There was no way for us to be reconciled back to our Creator until Jesus paid that price on the cross for us. So Jesus told me, I've defeated death for you, this huge problem that you see. I've defeated and paid the price for the wickedness that you see and the wickedness that dwells within you. But what's left? That opposing force, that evil that exists on earth, right? Well, Jesus talked to me about that. When he, tells, when he tells us, I am coming, I am coming to completely vanquish this evil that you are experiencing in your existence during your life. He didn't say, you can work hard, Christian, to defeat that evil. He said, no. He said, I'm going to call you to push back against evil. I'm going to thrust you into a conflict between good and evil. I'm going to thrust you into that place, and I'm going to ask you, Christian, to spend your entire life battling against that evil. I'm going to ask you to do that, but I want you to know you'll never completely fix it. But guess what? I'm coming. And when I'm coming, when I'm coming this here at the end, when I come here at the end, I'm coming as a king. I'm coming as a righteous judge. And I will make war and vanquish the enemy that is the source of evil on earth. 
He promises me that, and I believe him. Literally, I believe him. Because, you see, it has to happen. There's no other route to choose from. The evil that exists in our reality, the sin that dwells, the wickedness that dwells within our heart that is caused by that source of evil will lead us to self-destruction as a created species. It has to happen. He has to come back. Otherwise, we will destroy this earth. We are actually very far along that progression of destroying this earth, destroying ourselves, destroying our resources, and we will eventually eventually self-destruct and be wiped clean off the face of this earth if, God himself does not come and establish his kingdom and reset everything and allow us to live under his righteous rule. You understand, even scientifically, we will self-destruct. And that's why his return as king, as judge, as the victor, is absolutely necessary. So I just had to share that with you guys. That is why it is important and was the most important thing for me in my time as a SEAL, as a carnal warrior. The most important thing was the fact that I was exposed to death, wickedness, and evil which in turn prepared my heart to receive what Jesus told all of us. What the Bible tells all of us has been done and what is to come. And when you're faced with death, wickedness, and evil as a reality, when you're faced with that, you get hungry. When you're faced with these three things and you're faced with the realization that you can't do anything to stop them, you get hungry. And after I pray, I always end with, Jesus, thy kingdom come. Because I'm hungry for that. He's given me and you the solution. He's given us the free gift of eternal life. The solution to your death. He's given you the grace. He's he's given you the, the forgiveness that you need for the wickedness that is within you. But we have yet to see him return and vanquish Satan and the evil force that is opposing everything that's happening for the good on this earth. And that's why when I pray, thy kingdom come, I mean it, son. 
That's what's on my heart today. That's what I got for you guys. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming coming up next week. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. You guys, as the body of 307 Project, allow this thing to exist. Every one of you guys that contribute to this podcast on Patreon, it's because of you that we even have a podcast. We can't do anything in and of ourselves. You guys are the best. I thank you for your contributions. I thank you for your interaction. I thank you for sharing this show. That's all that I would ask of you at a minimum that you would share this show with someone that might need to hear it if you got anything out of it, anything. I love you guys. Enough said.